Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless.
all the answers. We come because we're not perfect and we're not complete. We're come because we need Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Because we need Jesus. We need him in our homes. We need him in our homes. I need Jesus in my home. Oh, hallelujah. The devil's attacking the home. So I need Jesus in my home. Oh, hallelujah. That's why we're not a church that's just about Sunday morning only. And it's why we're not dying desperately to get you in and out of here in an hour. I'm sorry if you have a time thing and you got to go. Amen. No hard feelings. You go whenever you got to go. But we're not getting here to see how fast we can get done with it. We need Jesus. And I don't just need him in church. I need him in my home. Oh, hallelujah. I need him with my kids. And I need him to help my marriage. And I need him to protect my mind and protect my spirit. There's a full-on attack coming at the home, but I'm not that worried about it because I got Jesus on my side because the precious blood of Jesus is covering my home and covering my family and covering my mind and covering my heart. I need Jesus. We need Jesus in our homes. We need Jesus, amen, in our neighborhoods and in our cities and in this great state and every state. We need, we need Jesus, amen, in every nation around the world. We need him in our families, in our marriages, in our relationships. We need him in our schools. We need Jesus in our schools. Oh, hallelujah. We need Jesus in our schools. I'm thankful today that, amen, since school has started, our, our, some of our young people have already started up their P7 Bible clubs in several of our schools here in the state, and they've got, went through the process and got the permissions, and now they're meeting, amen, and having Bible club before classes start in their schools. Uh, amen, you say, well, they're just teenagers. Yeah, but they're teenagers on a mission, and the mission is simple. The mission is simple. We need Jesus in our schools. Maybe if we can start off the day with a little bit of Jesus, maybe it'll go better today. Maybe if we can get a little prayer going, amen, in a classroom before the first bell rings, maybe today will be better than yesterday. If we could just get a little more Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You young people hear me that are doing your P7 clubs, you hear me. Amen. I know you're trying hard to get classmates to show up. And if one shows up, that's amazing. And if a hundred show up, it's amazing. But if no one shows up, you spend the time in that P7 club. You say a few prayers over that school. You declare the name of Jesus out loud. Sing a song or do something. And just to know, I want to start this day off. Whether any of my friends show up or not, before I go into my first classroom, I want to start this day off with Jesus oh hallelujah amen we need him in our schools and we need him in our jobs we need him in our shopping centers and our social clubs we need Jesus everywhere amen, amen. we need Jesus everywhere we are living in a day and age where you could make yourself sick from being dizzy from spinning around trying to see where the devil is at today I mean, it's just, is anybody else exhausted? Amen. Once you realize he's coming from this front, 
You say, well, I got to do something about that. But now he's, he's also over here. I got to do something. Some of his minions are over here. We got to do something about this. Let me tell you how to solve that problem. You just get Jesus everywhere. You can get Jesus in your life. You get Jesus involved in every aspect of your life. I'm telling you, it's a much better thing when you start doing a 360 and you see Jesus. Hallelujah. That's when you can rise up and say, don't be afraid. Oh, hallelujah. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There are more that be for us than they that be against us. We've got Jesus on our side. We've got Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Our need is universal. It's one thing that makes us one. Is our need for Jesus. It's one thing that makes us one. It doesn't matter your culture, creed, the language you speak, or the color of your skin, the nation that you were born in, or the tribe you're from. The one thing we all need that makes us one is we need Jesus. We all need him. As the one songwriter wrote, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is the way. On that map, they could throw that map back up for just a second, just a second, and then I'll reference it and you can take it down. I know it's probably more frustrating than anything. It's kind of blurry. One such place that the apostle Paul traveled to was Athens. Athens is on the west coast of the Aegean Sea, east of Corinth, north of Sparta. It's kind of right in the middle. If you divide the map in half, you see where that body of water kind of protrudes up into the land masses. That's the Aegean Sea. Just directly west of that is Athens. Thank you very much. You can take that down. Athens there, not far from the coast, Corinth and Sparta. This is where Paul walked up the steep pathway to the top of the Areopagus, the dramatic rocky outcrop that lies just northwest of where the Acropolis now stands. And there on this high lookout, Still a very famous place and a great place to get a really cool view of the area. There on this dramatic rocky outcrop, this high place, it was a place and has been a place where elders and leaders and decision makers had long met and had discussions. In fact, there was a time when the governmental bodies of the day met there, almost as if like our Senate would meet they would meet there and they would discuss the issues of the day. When Paul arrives to this place in Athens around 51 AD, it is at this point now referred to as Mars Hill. Mars Hill and Paul walks up the steep pathway to the top of Mars Hill and he speaks to the people there. And his words that he spoke to them that day are still remembered in fact, there is a bronze plaque commemorating them at the foot of the rock that if you were to travel there today, you would see the plaque commemorating these words that you also find forever 
settled in Scripture in Acts 17. 22 and 23, then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription. It said, To the unknown God. Paul says, That is who I want to talk to you about today. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him I declare unto you. Apostle Paul says a couple things that are interesting to us here. They were a people of great superstition. The word superstition here is kind of uniquely designed. In fact, if you study it out, theologians uh, go back and forth a little bit on the word. It seems as if Paul was trying to use a very specific word to make a statement without offending them. This, by the way, is one of the reasons why Paul was so successful as a missionary because he know how to speak the truth in love. He was trying to say something very specifically to them. What he was really saying was that their view on religion was too broad. Your view on religion is, is too broad. He says that they had devotions. He uses the word devotion. The word there in its original meaning means worship. He says, but your worship is to so many different gods. Too many different gods. It's too broad. In Acts 17 and 16, now while Paul waited for them at Athens, this is where he saw this. His spirit was stirred in him, and when he saw the city was wholly given to idolatry. What Paul witnessed in Athens while he was actually just waiting for some comrades to show up, what he witnessed was a people that had idols to everything. They had man-made gods to almost anything you could imagine, and they worshipped those idols in so many different ways. And it stirred something within him because he knew Jesus. He knew the one true God, and he knew he was alive, and he knew it was real, and he knew it wasn't made with hands, and he wasn't carved out of wood or stone, silver or gold. He wasn't set up and taken down by men or moved from one place to the other, but he knew that Jesus was alive, Jesus is God, and that God had conquered death and hell and the grave for the people of Athens. He knew that he was there because the people of Athens needed to know that all of these idols and all this stuff that you're doing is unnecessary because there is one God. He's pointing out to them that they are endeavoring to cover all their religious bases. Oh, hallelujah. They are endeavoring to please all the potential gods by having an altar even to one that they called the unknown God. Oh, hallelujah. They were trying to find security in a mass of different idols. They were trying to find hope by creating different idols in their life. An idol to this to protect their family. An idol to that to protect their crops. An idol to this to protect their, their livestock. An idol to this to protect their health. An idol to this to protect their home. They just had all of these different gods that they had created themselves. How do you worship a god that you created? How do you really stand before an image that you carved with your own hands and really worship it? 
How do you really give yourself, your heart, to something that you know cannot breathe, cannot see, cannot speak, cannot hear your cry? Can you imagine the, the, the struggle of such a faith? Can you imagine the struggle of such a lifestyle of people who were so desperate to be covered uh, that they created gods for everything? Uh, uh, people that were so desperate to be protected uh, that they had very faithful, very faithful devotions. Uh, very faithful were they to their idols uh, and offering up worship to their idols. Uh, but can you imagine for a second with me uh, how that must have felt uh, to go walking towards that man-made thing uh, with your sacrifice? Uh, to lay it down before it, uh, to make uh, whatever form of worship you make. Uh, how must it have felt walking to it? Uh, how must it have felt to walk away from it, uh, knowing uh, in your heart of hearts uh, that's not going to do any good at all, uh, knowing in your heart of hearts uh, that that's not even real, uh, that somebody made that in a shop somewhere uh, and put, put it up uh, on this post, uh, and now we're supposed to worship it. How must that have felt? And so it stirs the Apostle Paul as he's standing there observing all of this. Uh, and he looks up uh, at the top of Mars Hill where there are uh, these people up there discussing, uh, these leaders up there discussing, uh, even worshipers up there. And he walks up to the top of that place uh, and he says, look, uh, I understand what you're trying to do. Uh, you're trying to cover your home and cover your job and cover your crops and cover your livestock. Uh, I get what your motivation is is. You're trying to cover all your bases that somehow one day you might be saved from everything that you're going through. But the Apostle Paul says to them, you're too superstitious and your devotions are to the wrong thing. You got so many things you're given to idolatry and he points it out to the altar to the unknown God and he says, I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you about the one. I saw an altar over there and it says to the unknown God let me tell you about the one you don't know. Let me tell you about the one you've never heard of yet. I've been sitting here, hallelujah, amen. I've come across the OGNC to tell you about a man called Jesus, but he wasn't just a man. Oh, hallelujah, no. He was God, robed in flesh, dwelt among us, died on a cross, and rose again on the third day. He's already conquered death. He's already conquered hell. He's already conquered the grave and you can know this Jesus oh hallelujah you can know this Jesus he says in Acts 17 24 25 he says to them God that made the world and all things therein seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things he says look amen you don't have to do all of this you don't have to make all these idols you made these with your own hands. Your worship is your own hands. Your temples to these idols, you made it with your own hands. He says, but you don't have to do this because there is a God who made everything. Amen. You're trying to make a God. Let me introduce you to the God who made everything. You're trying to make your own God. Let me tell you about the God who made you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. He says he's the giver of life. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. 
And a few minutes later, Paul said to them, and it's recorded for us today in Acts 17, 28. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being. Oh, hallelujah. That's the kind of God that I serve today. That's the kind of God that we can all serve today. We can serve a God whose name is Jesus, and in him we can live, and in him we can move, and in him we can find our being, our very purpose in him. But before he gets to that, before he gets to in him we live and move and have our being, and after he declares to them about the one true God, he says this in Acts 17 and 26, and we read it here today. I didn't know they were going to read this today, but we read it here today. Amen. Amen. Hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell of all the, on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. He says to these people of Athens, he says, let me tell you the same thing I told them uh, amen, uh, in Philippi. Uh, let me tell them you the same thing I told them in Cyprus. Uh, let me tell you the same thing uh, I've told them everywhere I've gone. Uh, there is a God uh, who created all of us uh, and we are all of one blood oh hallelujah we are all of one blood uh, he says all nations somebody say all nations uh, he says all nations uh, upon the face uh, of the earth uh, are made by him uh, I'm telling you we sang a song with the kids earlier that said it's you and me brother and you and me sister but I hope you recognize uh, that you've got brothers and sisters uh, across oceans you may never cross uh, and beyond mountain ranges uh, in deserts you may never get beyond but one of these days we're going to join together in the chorus of heaven with brothers and sisters that we never met but the one thing we're going to have in common is we have a God whose name is Jesus who made us all of one blood every nation on the whole face of the earth he made us all oh, hallelujah somebody shout hallelujah Oh, hallelujah. The lawmakers and the worshipers on Mars Hill in Athens 51 AD. Amen. It applied to them. And it applies to you and I that sit in this church in the county of Blue Earth today. We're near Eagle Lake and Mankato. It applies to us as well. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. It applies just as much to us in 2021 as it did in 51. Amen. We are all made by God of one blood, and we all need Jesus. Amen. It is a lie of the devil if someone has told you or deceived you or manipulated you to believe that Christianity is an American religion. I understand the foundation of this country, but how can a country be founded on Christian principles if the Christian principles didn't already exist before they ever came here? It's a lie. It's a lie. In fact, the United Pentecostal Church, just, just the apostolic Pentecostal organization that we belong to, is in every nation of the world save 10. Save 10. So that means, 
that this message that I'm preaching to us today, you could throw me on a plane, take me to a boat, take me to another plane, whatever you got to do, drop me off anywhere in the world. Amen. I'm probably going to need a translator, but I could use the same exact notes that I have on this right here. I could preach the same exact message to anyone in the world because no matter where you go in the world, there are people that are loving Jesus, praising Jesus, worshiping Jesus. And you say, why? Because they came in contact with the gospel message of salvation because they were dead. But then Jesus came along and now they're alive. They say, I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I found. How did that happen to you, brother? Where did that come from, sister? It's when I came in contact with Jesus Christ, when I came in contact with the Lord God Almighty. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, man, we're all made by God with one blood, and we all need Jesus. And Paul's advice to them and to us in chapter 17 and verse 27, and I come to a close now, that they should seek the Lord. This is what he told them on Mars Hill. This is what he told them in this place of of authority, of past governmental authority. Oh, hallelujah. This is what he told them. He says, you need to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him. You notice the word there, feel. It's important. The Apostle Paul is speaking words about a relationship with God that they've never heard before because you can't use words like feel when you're talking about idols. <laughs> you can't use words like feel after him when you're talking about something carved in stone with a blank stare and empty eyes. But the Apostle Paul says, I'm not talking about any of this stuff you've ever known before. He says that you need to feel after him. And when you do, you'll find him because he's not far from every one of us. He's not far. He's so close. He's so close. Oh, I don't know what exactly we would see if our eyes would be open for just a second, but I feel like, I feel like we would see Jesus walking around this place today. Feel like we would see Jesus sitting next to us, by us, standing near us, reaching out for us with love in his eyes mercy and compassion reaching out to us calling us to him saying it's going to be alright you don't have to be afraid I can help you I can heal you I can bring you out if happily they might feel after him and find him because he's not far he's not far from any of us. The Apostle Peter preached on the day of Pentecost the gospel message of salvation. This is after Jesus hung on a cross, was buried in a tomb, rose again on the third day. 
showed himself alive with many infallible proofs, the Bible says. And then they watched as he ascended into heaven. But before he ascended into heaven, he said, Go ye to Jerusalem and tarry. Wait for me until Pentecost. I want you to go there, and I want you to wait for me. And so they went, and they got in that upper room, the Bible tells us. And they, they waited on the Lord. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen. They were together in one mind and one accord. And the day of Pentecost was fully come. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting in cloven tongues as a fire set upon each of every one of them and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the ability. The Spirit of God came in and it was noised abroad throughout Jerusalem because there were people there from everywhere. <laughs> because God is so smart He's so wise. His plan is always so perfect. That Acts chapter 2 and verse 5 tells us, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. They were there for Pentecost. It's why we're a Pentecostal church, by the way. It's why we consider ourselves apostolic Pentecostal Christians. Because we believe in the foundation of the apostles' doctrine. Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. And we believe in the Pentecostal experience. Oh, hallelujah, of Acts. And the birth of the only thing that's ever called a church in your Bible. And Acts, too. And there were people that day, out of every nation under heaven, and to those people of every nation, it was declared in Acts 2 and 38 and 39, Peter says to them, repent. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and unto your children and all them that are far off, Right? As many as the Lord our God shall call. This is what the Apostle Paul was talking about on that high place in Athens to these people who were just worshiping everything but still had nothing. This is what he took with him everywhere he went in his journeys and every church that he started. And you can read about it in your New Testament today. And from the beginning church in Acts 2, through every church that was started after that, through every apostolic Pentecostal church that still believes in this apostle's doctrine and the Acts 2.38 experience, every church around the world, it's all started from that simple message that because God loved us so he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and so he looks down upon a sinful world 
and he understands what we were beginning to understand in that day that none of us could do anything enough to deal with our sinfulness and so God Almighty robes himself in flesh and is born and dwells among us, lives among us, teaches us, and then dies on a cross because a lamb had to be slain and the blood had to be shed. But then he rose again on the third day. Amen. And he's alive forevermore. And that death and that burial and that resurrection are directly connected to my ability to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gospel message applied to my life is what we all need. It's the one thing we all need. One. One thing. Stand with me today if you would please. Hallelujah. One God. One God. And his name is Jesus. And it's the one thing that we need today is Jesus. But not just to talk about it, but to know it. Not because somebody tells you, but because you've experienced for yourself. Why are you so passionate about this preacher? Why are you apostolic Pentecostals always so rowdy? Because we've experienced it. Because this isn't about just something we read in a book. And it's not just about something that was passed down generationally. Although it is in the book. And some of us have had it for generations. But that's not what it's about. It's about that every person at some point in their life has to experience it for themselves. And I'm sorry if I get a little rowdy. But I experienced it for myself. And when I repented of my sins, I know I was forgiven. And when I went down in the watery grave of baptism, and I came up I knew it was for newness of life and when I was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost I felt the power and the authority and the love of God like never before amen it's Jesus it's the gospel message it's the one thing that we all need it's the one thing that we all need and so here in this church in any apostolic Pentecostal church. The preaching, the song, the singing, and all of that are all very high priority, but they are never the most important thing that we do. For the most important thing that you will ever do in a service is respond. To respond. And so we intentionally leave the front of the building open. We leave it open. We try to make room because we have, this is our altar area and we invite people to come and pray. And so I'm inviting you today. We're going to sing and worship the Lord in a little bit. Amen. Then we're going to go eat and have fun and you'll enjoy the rest of your day. But I can tell you one thing that will make it so much better and that's if you'll respond to Jesus right now. So would you step out quickly? Come on quickly. In youth group, when you come out, would you push that front row back? Amen. Step out quickly and come to the front. Press in close. Amen. Make room for the people that want to come behind you. Come in close. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. 
Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.